This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move, aim, move, aim, shoot. Oh. Turns out that's like really powerful. Oh, oh my um, friend. Oh, Death Troopers. It, the, <laughs> the magic just, it just keeps going, man. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and David. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Just hanging out. It's what we do these days, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, it's getting a little scary out there with the shelter-in-place orders coming down, but hey, you know. Uh, if you had the painting to catch up on, that was a great time to start. Yeah, catch up on some painting, uh, do some binge watching of, uh, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars, if you haven't seen those. Um, the new Clone Wars season is awesome. Would highly recommend. Yeah. No spoilers, man. I haven't watched any of it yet. Are you serious? What are you doing, man? I am, f- frankly, I have other shows that I am catching up on that i'm too embarrassed to admit that i haven't seen yet the bachelor no i've actually <laughs> been watching i've been watching parks and rec okay um so yeah I don't know. all right the I normally i would rag you for this but i have not actually watched it yet either mm-hmm. which is sad but hey um so since when does kyle watch anything before us uh, i don't yeah. actually even know what that is so um, <laughs> I don't get television. Um, anyway, it's Clone Wars, though, apparently. Well, I have Disney Plus because Mandalorian, obviously. Um, this is the way. <clears throat> it's totally the way. It is all the ways, all together, all at the same time. Yeah. Um, all right. So. <laughs> what? Why don't we get into the news? Yeah. Welcome to In the News. So the biggest news item, um, uh, at least as it relates to Legion specifically, is that uh, Adepticon is canceled. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, uh, a lot can happen in a week. Um, things with the coronavirus are changing very quickly. Um, you know, our country has a lot more important things to worry about right now than Adepticon. It was one of uh, many large events that have been affected by coronavirus and one of many things in general, obviously. Um, but this is a podcast about Legion. And uh, as Legion players, of course, we were, um, you know, very excited about this convention and more specifically about uh, Legion Worlds. Lots of other people, um, you know, playing lots of other mini game, minis games. We're also very excited about Adepticon, um, but it has been canceled. So, um, yeah, we're disappointed, but uh, you know, certainly understand the need for that given the current circumstances and environment. So, hopefully, everyone is, uh, you know, staying safe and healthy and and. Uh, you know, catching up on your painting and binge watching and everything. Um, the important uh, thing here as it relates to Legion is that FFG put out, uh, I believe it was a tweet basically that from FFGOP that said that they're looking at options for 
um, not only Legion's Worlds, but also Armada and Imperial Assault, which were supposed to be at Adepticon. Um, so obviously we don't know exactly what, you know, quote unquote, looking at options means, uh, but it sounds like they are trying to figure out um, when and if they can reschedule those instead of just canceling them outright. Um, so uh, it's just, of course, speculation on our part that they're going to be able to do that. But uh, it's pretty clear, at least to me, that they're not just straight canceling them and that it's possible that um, some other time somewhere else, you know, before Adepticon next year, we will get an actual 2020 Legion Worlds. And maybe the AAT will be out by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just uh, who is it in there, you know? <laughs> I don't know who it was that read this group. Like, they're like, you know, maybe Matt Holland is breathing a sigh of relief. He doesn't have to put, you know, however many Saber tanks together yeah. <laughs> himself to is give the- to people who were like, let's, uh, you know, let- I'm going to use the Saber tank, Matt. The AAT. The AAT. Sorry, the AAT. Sorry, not the yeah. Saber. Yeah. You know what um, I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, you know, we've been talking a lot about the pre-Worlds meta. Of course, all of that is um, kind of irrelevant now. Cause, yeah, that's kind of gone out the window. Um, when and if we get actual Worlds 2020, there's going to be a totally different slate of units and things that are legal, including potentially. I mean, short troopers and, and Tauntauns are still going to dominate everything, right? I mean, they're not getting worse. They're <laughs> <laughs> not getting worse. That's a and, great way to put it. Uh, you know, it with vital assets potentially. Uh, I mean, assuming everything doesn't get delayed, uh, which I guess is also possible. Um, you know, if we get vital assets before then, that's a pretty significant boon to Tauntauns specifically. So, um, but Ooh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Tauntauns can't pick up a hostage, can they? <laughs> which doesn't make I mean, sense to me. How do you not just like? Sling no. them on the back of the Tauntaun and just run away. I mean, they can run over the unit escorting the hostage. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> like, opponent. They're also pretty good at carrying bombs. Yeah, that's what I've, so I've heard. Um, anyway, this is not a... We're not going to talk about vital assets today. Um, yeah, yeah. That is, that is a long way of saying uh, whenever and wherever the next major tournament is, uh, whether that's Worlds or some other tournament, um, the meta is going to likely look at least slightly different from the one that we've been talking about. So um, we're going to focus in the intervening time period on uh, units and strategies and other stuff. Um, luckily, we've had a slew of of new hotness. You guys talked about Cassian last week at length. Um, yeah, I'm actually I'm, I'm jealous. He is my. Um, I mean, you guys know how much I love snipers, um, and he is he is that but in character form. And I also love K2. So um, yeah, he might be my new boyfriend. We'll see. Uh, I'm sad that I wasn't here to here to talk about him. I was. Have you told Bosk yet? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, continue seeing both of them and um, hopefully they won't notice. Wow. Two <laughs> Meanwhile, Palpatine's out here like, what? Oh yeah. I, yeah. It's, I just, I want to, can I be like four different players at once? Okay. So the, in this example, Palpatine's your sugar daddy? Yeah, there you go. That's good. That works. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, like his, I'm like his pool boy. Yeah. Um, side piece. Um. 
<laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we are going to talk today about Iden Versio because we got a full preview article for her. And I know that uh, she is your fave, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She's absolutely incredible. Um, so, so we're going to talk, talk about that right now. Or no, no, gonna... let's let's um, let's first let's do our one on one section because uh, with Cassian and Iden both, there's a new rule covert ops that we should talk about. I'm sure you talked about it last week a little bit, um, but uh, you know we also haven't talked about infiltrate and how to infiltrate and where to infiltrate and when to infiltrate uh, things like that in probably about a year because that's about how long it's been since Pathfinders and Jin came out. So um, we're going to do like a refresher on Infiltrating 101 in our Legion 101 section. It's time for Legion 101, classes in session. All right, so you guys want to talk about this Covert Ops keyword first? Sure. So uh, Covert Ops is a new keyword that was introduced with this uh, this wave. And uh, basically the rule says that you can... Uh, take a commander unit and choose to, the text says, forego their command position to infiltrate onto the battlefield as an operative. So uh, when you deploy, you can treat the rank of this commander as an operative instead to gain infiltrate. That's kind of the, the big overarching theme. Yeah, so, I mean, clearly the main benefit of this is the infiltrate keyword that you gain. Um there's a variety of things that kind of happen as a kind of like auxiliary things. Um, so as you mentioned, you lose commander rank, which is a big deal or it's not a big deal, I think, depending on who you are. Um, mm -hmm. Iden is the first Courage 3 Imperial hero uh, that is a commander. Um, and her Courage bubble is a pretty big deal because of that. Um, so giving that up is a really big cost. Uh, Conversely, Cassian has Courage 2, which is kind of a dime a dozen. Um, so giving up Courage 2 with Cassian, not so big a cost. Um, it's also worth noting that if you um, are kind of downgrading to an operative and there's not another commander in your list, you can promote um, another unit, I think, that is non-operative is it just non-operative it's got to be a special forces or a uh, core unit special forces or core unit so um in most lists you're gonna have a special forces unit with a courage of two hanging around minimally um so it's pretty easy to preserve that courage of two when cassian downgrades again when Iden downgrades you lose one so um it's a little, i think it's a little bit better for rebels ish yeah, the cost, the cost is lower for rebels. I, I think it's also uh, notable that you can, um, like, say you bring Cassian K two R two or Cassian K two Operative Luke, you can transform all of your character orders into operatives, so that you don't have to split your characters between commander and the operative slot, which I think is interesting. Um, you know, you can kind of, you can like throw three operatives in the bag and it can be any one of them as opposed to some of the other kind of combo, combo things with like, Iron. are you able to break force limit with this card? 
Uh, yes, because the limitations only apply during list building. So wow. okay. by that, you mean you could have two operatives. Say you have like, um, you know, R2D2 and K2 and then Cassian is your commander. Right. Uh, yeah. If you use covert ops with Cassian. Then you have three operatives. Then you have three operatives. Right. Right. Um, which gives you a little bit more flexibility when playing cards like assault or something like you could conceivably like put it on three special forces and have a like decent chance at drawing an operative out of the bag when you want it right and having it and having it hit the right thing now what how often are you going to do that you know you're probably still putting your orders on your characters um just because that's sort of the nature of the game in a lot of respects uh with that being said it just it's an additional option that that presents to you that kind of Cassian kind of falls into. I think Iden's a lot less likely to fall into that, um, into that place generally. Yeah. Cause you're, you're generally not going to be running her with more operatives. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, like Iden double operative is a lot of points. Yep, <laughs> yeah. For sure. up, up quickly. Um, and, and Imperial, lists really need a lot of their points kind of in their core right now so yeah i mean yep. they, have, they have some of the strongest cores in the game yep. but on the other um, hand like cassian k2 r2 luke skywalker is like a perfectly good basis for a list oh totally. oh yeah uh so good there's like yep. four all four of them are threatening in their own way yep and they're all relatively cheap enough to fit a list that's going to get you to 11 potentially find it yep so a little bit of a tangent um kyle i know you weren't here last last week so i kind of wanted to talk about it does the cassian k2 luke r2 list kind of set the bar for rebel lists at 11 activations what do you mean by set the bar like is that sort of your your uh, your template for an eleven activation rebel list? Like, does that kind of? I guess what I'm saying is, is that list gonna? Do you think that list is gonna be good enough that it sort of says, okay, this is kind of the jumping off point for where rebels need to start from? Um, sort of. I I think that if you are running a um, a rebel list that does not include tauntauns, that is your that is definitely your your jumping off point. I think you could easily swap in. Um, you'd have to cut R two or K two because of the operative limits, but you could easily swap Sabine in there. She's also great with uh, Cassian's cards and run something similar. Um, so yeah, I think in a like for a non Tauntaun build, I I one hundred percent you know that's that's what I'm playing. Um, so uh, and you, you know I'm a not an anti-Tauntaun Rebel player, but a not-Tauntaun Rebel player. Whoa. Um, <laughs> There's a difference between those two things? There, there I think is. There is. You are an anti-Tauntaun Rebel player. I'm sorry. That, that's, okay. that's a well, cop-out. Regardless, um, oh. they, <laughs> I do own Tauntauns, for the record. Yeah. Um, he's but, not anti-Tauntaun. Uh, I don't think he's anti-Tauntaun. They're, just, they're not my playstyle. Yeah. But what is my playstyle is Cassian and Luke in the same list together. Um, I like that doing things. Um, so yeah, I, I, to answer your question in short form, um, I, that is my favorite non-Tauntaun Rebel basis for a list, is those four characters 
you mentioned plus three snipers and then you know whatever else you want to throw in there um it's real good uh cassian's cards are amazing with luke either version of luke um k2's great r2's great uh it's, I wanna it's take, really, really good stuff i want to take this tangent a little bit further okay and then we um, got to get back to infiltrate we are going to infiltrate really soon but i'm going to take this a little bit further um it is possible however disgusting that you can fit leia cassian three snipers r2 and three tauntauns into the same list and um i'm really curious about what that's going to do to the rebel mirror um if the cassian leia combination is such a long range and triple sniper is such a long range threat that you just bury one of your opponent's tauntauns like as soon as possible if they show them to you um that that might break the that might actually break the mirror open a little bit um that actually might give leeway to you know other lists especially like the double tons or if, if they get hated out but uh, anyway that's a that's just that's all speculative but it's just the whole like you're looking for you're looking for non-tauntaun bases of lists well i think a triple sniper uh cassian leia uh, opening tour with a bombard plus you know all the other hate whatever whatever um damage you do to the tons you can sort of follow up with cassian and three snipers and see if you can just burn one down immediately as long as you don't get limbs <laughs> yeah you definitely would want to bid with that list because if yeah. you get limbs that you're totally hosed um, you kind of get hosed yeah i can see that though i mean no time for sorrows I don't know if um, I actually did not listen to the cast last week, but I don't know if you guys talked about that with. We didn't talk about casting. We didn't talk about it in any great depth, but you're right. No time for sorrows can get around the cumbersome restriction. Well, and it triggers tactical. Um, yes. So both of that and smokescreen, there are like a million ways to abuse tactical with Cassie, and that's one of them. No time for sorrows and smokescreen. Um, also, if you give him recon intel, he gets an aim from that at the start of the game. Um, and of course, yeah. you can give him, you can give him offensive fun. push. <laughs> you can give him yeah. offensive push to get another one off that recon intel move. Uh, you know, and that gets around cumbersome. So if you if you give him recon intel, offensive push, uh, and then play crack shot on your first turn with the aim action, you can have four aim tokens for that. So I love how this episode started off. Oh, Mike, I'm I'm so good, but then like we're just like Cassian, Cassian, Cassian. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's that's my favorite opening for Cassian is to do the recon intel into offensive push, aim, and take crack shot and have four aims for like a double tap with the sniper mm-hmm. rifle. Oh, yeah. Um, and since the infiltrates, you can usually line up. Like if you can line up your first shot as an open shot, then you're pretty much guaranteed to push four hits through. Ah, uh, since he infiltrates. Okay, so that's an interesting point. Now, you do get to still recon when you infiltrate, right? Like what we've been doing with, uh, oh, yeah. with Vader and with Pathfinders. Yep, totally. So that's another another thing. If you take an infiltrating covert ops unit to put intel on them, because then they get an extra little boost. Yep. If you need yeah. to put them inside range three or something. Intel's a little bit awkward, um, as long as we're talking about covert ops. Yes, we uh, are. With with loadout, uh, I every time I put it on there, I'm like, man, uh, I wish there was something else to like kind of pair it with. Yeah, it's just like two points is. Uh, not a great space like i mean i guess you could upgrade to three and like slap environmental gear on there i mean grappling hooks are bad so definitely not that one yeah but it's such a good gear slot for both of those characters that i think 
Like, I don't know that you'd be swapping from Recon Intel to something else anyway. Like, I can't think of yeah. even if it were, if there were something else that were cheaper, I don't know what you'd swap to. I mean, I think it's a lot better on Cassian than Item. Yeah, for sure. But it gives you that extra, you know, roughly four inches, which is two thirds of a range band closer to your, um, you know, whatever you're infiltrating next to near. Yeah. Um, anyway, speaking of, so yeah, this is Infiltrator 101. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, are there times with Iden or Cassian when you would not want to use covert ops? Like, just tr- drop them as a commander in your deployment zone? Uh, I actually think, for the most part, Iden doesn't use it. Um, does not use covert ops. Does not use covert ops. I think. I think the extra uh, two courage before panicking um, over you know Krennic and Veers um, is pretty big. Clearly, if you're like doing something crazy, like running Iden Palpatine or Iden Vader, like go ahead, do do the thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's a really big deal, you know, um, especially in you know uh, Imperial mirror matches with suppression tokens being everywhere. Um, it just makes it a lot easier to handle um, generally. So I. I I think giving up the courage bubble is unless you're going to get a, a resultant effect that's really good, like, you know, slamming her immediately on a box at the beginning of recover the supplies and just grabbing it and dipping out. If you can manage it, um, she's very tanky. Like, I think she might be better at it than dare I say Sabine. Um, it's She's at least as good at it. She's yeah, not, a, she's I mean, not as fast as Sabine, and jump is a big deal in those situations. But it, it is. She's at least um, as hard to kill as Sabine when she has Dio. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, when she's got Dio, and if you like, you know, play her one pip, she gets a free dodge token out of the deal, which we'll talk about. You know, which she gets to spend with Nimble. So, you know, yeah. heavy cover plus a dodge token plus shields is like, you know, that's a thing. Um, so. There are, there are things to do there, but to kind of go back to the fundamental premise, I think unless you're doing something like that, um, where you're, you're only covert officer in with her. If, if you're like guaranteed to get value out of it, you're not just covert opsing because you have the keyword. Before we, sorry, uh, maybe I can, I have a segment a little bit before we move on too much further from this. I know we're talking about infiltrate, but I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the covert ops um cost then we we've kind of missed it on the way through here so anytime you convert a unit with covert ops right they you can't nominate them with non-specific non-operative specific command cards so they can't, like, you, can't you can't issue orders so i i just want to share this anecdote from a game i ran into i made an error where i promoted a sniper but i had a push in my hand and i needed to things fell out where um, I had lost range on Sabine. And so, of course, I wanted to play push. And without range on Sabine, I can't give her an order with push because she is an operative still. So I'll tie this back in Infiltrate by saying, if you have neutrals in your command hand, you should really consider Infiltrating beyond command range uh, to be a problem if you want orders, if you're not playing operative-specific cards. That, that yeah, I think that's a really good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, sure. I, I mean, 
I mean, I think the rebels generally are probably not. I mean, I guess if you're running like Cassie and Sabine, I can yeah. see it come up. But but if you're running like Cassie and Commander Luke, you probably don't care. I, I think I specifically see it with Cassian though, because Cassian is the kind of guy who, you know, is probably going to infiltrate wherever his gun is best put. And that could be somewhere quite far from your your initial place, especially if you flex his infinite range. It, it can isolate him a little bit, which is a drawback. But if his gun is placed the best place possible, you know, you're going to use his infiltrate to do that. And, and I think what you've been saying about Aiden is correct. I don't think you want to give up um, C3. That's, short, that's my shorthand for Courage 3. As I say, C3 or C2. So I don't think you want to give up C3 in your army, especially if she's alongside one of these characters, like say Krennic, who uses compel effects. Um, you know, it, it just ensures you even further from, you know, uh, panic to keep that C3 bubble on your army rather than give it up. Yeah, I think one of the more dynamic choices with Covert Ops is actually deciding when you place them. Um, you, you don't actually have to decide if they're infiltrating until you deploy them. Um, which means you can wait until they're the last unit you deploy and then be like, okay, I'm covert opsing, right? Similarly with loadout, you get to choose um, at, at that juncture. And so I think there's an interesting decision point you have to make almost immediately, which is, do I want a covert ops with no information or do I want a covert ops with total information and the advantage of doing it early is that you have basically a a large swath of the board to pick from as opposed to if you do it late um infiltrate gets a lot worse um which is an interesting kind of dynamic to that you know it's something i run into with vader a lot of the time when i'm playing darkness descends you know it going and setting up last with infiltrate is you know it's good but it's it's not like game-breakingly infiltrate like Jin would be if she was a good good piece, you know. <laughs> Poor Jin. <laughs> always, always make it through this episode without <laughs> without Dying talking Bob. about Poor Jin. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I get exactly what you mean. I personally, um, I prefer to wait as long as possible unless there's like a very obvious spot that you want to drop them in. Um, a because as you noted it gives you more information about your opponent's deployment but B like holding them forces your opponent to continuously make difficult decisions right like if they have um, you know evaporator or a box or something that's kind of off away from like where it would normally be a good idea to put their main force they have to they have to think about how they're going to protect that box as long as you have that unit in reserves um, yeah you know, and if they don't commit enough to it, then you can drop them over there. But uh, if they if they do commit enough to it, then you can just drop them where you wanted to in the first place, and then they've got too many units, you know, on the ass end of the table. Um, so I like to sort of maintain that threat, the like um, ambiguous, uh, indeterminate threat by holding them. Um, but you know, certainly, like there are situations like with recover if you're a blue player and you have an opportunity to, you know, drop them straight on that center box, maybe you want to do that. Now there are ways also 
particular with Cassian, where you can hold him, you can sort of have your cake and eat it too. Because if you give him recon intel, he gets a speed one move. And then K2 is a detachment to Cassian. So he then gets a speed one move from Cassian. (laughs) So uh, you can get pretty darn far with that, even starting range three away from the nearest enemy unit. Um, You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head. uh, Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's all about getting, getting K2 in range to use that blaster, right? Oh man, that gun is so good. That pistol. Yeah, is. yeah. Uh, a little double throw with the deta- recon detachment. Yeah, it's he's Bosk basically. Yeah, range he's basically Bosque. like short range Bosk. It even yeah. has suppressive. Think, oh think about what you just said. Basically, he's short range Bosk. That sounds horrible. Well, it sounds horrible, except he's um, what like forty? He's forty less points. Yeah, he's eighty. Yeah. He's eighty points with the gun. And and he also I, I'm trying to like rain on your parade. Stop it. I'm just Stop saying. It. He also does <laughs> other stuff. Like Boss doesn't have teamwork with any other Imperial units. Uh, Casting can give K two gobs of free aims. Yeah. Here, heard it. Heard it here first, folks. Bosk is overcosted. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> range four. That's what I heard. Range four. That's what I heard. And K two also doesn't have kick ass command cards like Boss. Yeah, more expensive it, than a Tom. K two clearly mortal wounds on Sabine for lack of a better word. <laughs> anyway, uh, this this episode is not about Bosk. Um, man, we're getting on all kinds of tangents in this infiltrate section. We're having fun talking about Legion. So there the, you go. the most important thing with infiltrate is to not get too ballsy and expose your expensive unit uh, and essentially like isolate them by putting them in an advanced position. You still want them in a spot where they can be supported by your main force, uh, especially if you're dropping them early. My general rule on this is if you have to think about whether it's too dangerous, the answer is you shouldn't do it. Yeah, if you ever have a doubt, you know, just don't, <laughs> you know, just don't, don't, don't subject yourself to that because it's you're probably going to get horribly punished. There's been very few times where I'm like, I should do this ambitiously dangerous thing, uh, and it's worked out. Now I will say, there's been a couple times where I've I've done it with Vader, and it's been like absolutely debilitating. But I find those times are few and far between. Well. And Vader is a very different unit than Cassian or Iden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having force push and force choke and all of those other different like kind of tricksy things in your kit makes doing something like that a lot more reasonable. Um, and they don't really have those. Things. You mean on top so, of being a relentless murder machine? Look, man. <laughs> the, you're, the point is that Vader is a, you know, I mean, he's also considerably more expensive, right? But he can yeah. he can he can take a flank by himself. In some situations, like I didn't Captain yeah. for the most part can't do that. I mean, they can be a pain in the butt, um, but they're not going to just plow in there and kill a bunch of units. Like no, the no, they're much more. No. They're much more subtle. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to kill three heavies. And no, they're just. Gonna, they're just going to bleed you with double crits. <laughs> so yep. from a from a far distance. Yep. All of that is essentially to say. Play it safe. Don't get too ambitious with infiltrate. Uh, you know, if it's a casual game and you're like, or a testing game or whatever, uh, I would encourage you to figure out what those limits are. Because once you figure out where the line is, um, 
you get a lot better at it. Um, yeah, but you don't know that until you've lost a lot of games to infiltrating pieces in the wrong places, and the game is over on like turn one or two. I, I I personally can't wait to see a gen infiltrate box grab into turn one sacrifice with K two. Yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's it's notable in that in that particular obviously it gives them guardian four, which is great. But like, you know, it's still a three pip, and you got to activate K two before uh, before it works, right? So your opponent no. still gets well. Yeah. The guardian works the whole time, but the the immune to ranged attack effect only works after you activate K two. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta have. An but like, on. guardian for danger sense gin is. Uh... Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. rebellious and then K two. Easy. I, mean, I hope with that combination, you're gonna like recover is gonna be in your auto win with you. So yeah, yeah. That's about. <laughs> that's about. That's a, there's a very short list of things that Jin is good at. That's one of them. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jin. I love you. If only she could uh, hop in a land speeder with a box. That would be nuts. Yeah, that'd be something. It'd be thematic. Yeah, it would be. Um, anyway. It would also be thematic if Han could shoot from the driver's seat, but we won't get into that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I am totally in for that. I I think that like open top vehicle, and again, we're getting on tangents here, but can we have open top like shooting out of vehicles? Like, why not? Yeah, I think that'd be yeah. great. I think why not, man? Put that I mean, arsenal free to work. <laughs> if I'm gonna spend like 300 plus points on a land speeder in Han, he better be able to shoot out of it. Yeah, yeah. That's Do some totally drive by icing some dudes with with that pistol. Yeah, man. Yeah. Gunslinger. I don't know. Yep. All right. Um, any more thoughts on Infiltrate? Uh, you mean on Covert really Ops? Good. No, well, on um, Covert Ops, and then and then Infiltrate onto that Infiltrate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's let's just let's just summarize, right? So, um, don't get too crazy, right? If you if you think you if you think it's wrong, it probably is. Um. Just look for look for places that are going to be the most effective, and look for look for opportunities to do fun tricks like the you know detachment slingshot with K two or with uh, you know Intel in close. Um, but basically, just try to you're you're doing this deliberately so that you can put the infiltrating unit in the best place possible, especially if that place happens to be outside your deployment zone, and that can change. And Kyle, I just want to say I like what you said about the um, holding it as a threat because I think your opponent's fear is sometimes their own worst enemy. Oh yeah. They kind of do the work for you when you hold it back and don't, don't put it down immediately, but it works the other way too. If you put it down, the sooner you put it down, the more information your opponent has to work with. So you have to kind of, you have to kind of try to strike a balance here and, you know, bluff a little bit and try to see what your opponent's up to before you commit. I think to add on to that, I think my favorite time to, to sometimes it's right to not go first and not go last. The the time to put them down is when they can't effectively respond to you infiltrating anymore, um, which is not always putting it down last. Sometimes it's earlier than that. And it allows you to kind of like put your snipers down last or something like that and still gain the benefits you were going to get anyway. Um that kind of goes for a, 
like a lot of ranged pieces like Bosk and stuff in general. If you're going to put them there anyways and your opponent knows you're going to put them there, just do it. Yep. Right, you're not you're not gaining anything by waiting if there's a, comes a time in deployment. That goes for basically any unit. It comes a time in deployment where it's like it's known that you're going to put a unit there. Yep. I often deploy when I play Palpatine, I often deploy him early for that reason because you know, he's a commander and Palpatine lists nice like to keep nice and tight. So after the first few deployments, it's usually like extremely obvious where he's going to go. So I just put yeah. it down. <laughs> you know, like he's the most important beast, but at some point there's only one place to put him. Yeah, I mean, sometimes a terrain can put you on rails. Yeah. When it's yeah. on rails, like it means it, it guides you directly to a, a, a certain end in terms of turn zero. Yeah, and on that note, specifically with Cassian, because I think you're using Iden's sniper rifle a lot less than Cassian's. Um, it's super tempting to like if you see like a giant tall tower on the map somewhere, just plop them in there, and maybe that's a great idea. But remember, if you can see everything, everything can see you. <laughs> so yeah, just be careful. Um, all right. Anything else? On Stay it? in school. Don't infiltrate casting on top of giant towers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, all right. How about we move on to actually talk about Aiden? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Get ready for advanced tactics. Uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you because because she's she's like your I don't know your favorite favorite <laughs> favorite uh, Inferno Squad person. Favorite Inferno Squad person. Um, pretty <laughs> often. So I feel like um. You know, first of all, if you haven't seen her card yet and stuff, uh, there's a, an article up here called Taking the Lead, um, which has full text spoilers. Um, so I, she's, we've already talked, she's the first Courage 3 Imperial Commander, which is big. I hate Courage 2 Commanders. It's one of my least favorite things about um, Krennic Veer's generic officer list is, <laughs> I mean panicking those in those lists is a real concern generally you know you come up against a mortar or two and they can really kind of turn some of your units days um and you know the curse tree is big um i think the big thing that we need to talk about when it comes to Aiden is the role that she should likely be playing in your your army and i think that that all starts with the weapon choice um so let's let's talk about her guns real quick um so her first gun uh, both of them are 15 points she's got loadout so she's gonna equip one at the beginning of the game and you can pick which one you want when you deploy her um so you don't have to choose until you choose with that being said um her sniper is two black dice one to infinity high velocity and pierce one um I think on its on its own, that's probably pretty good. I think in comparison to her TL50 repeater, uh, which is range one to three, two red dice, one black die, and two white dice, critical one, impact one, I sort of feel like, barring some weird circumstances, you're taking the repeater like 97% of the time. Hmm. Um. I think the time you take the sniper is um, against like a clone castle standby situation. 
I could see that. Um, you know, it's definitely the the Pierce is certainly valuable, um, but the repeater is just so good alongside you know tactical strike and also um, the fact that you get to add Dio's weapon into it um, a significant portion of the time like it's not half the time it's probably not 40 percent of the time but i'd say like 20 to 25 percent of her attacks you get to throw eight dice with the repeater um Mm -hmm. which is which is pretty pretty good um so it it turns into a a five white one black two red suppressive critical one um impact one pool um with marksman Uh, that's that's a pretty epic attack that's i i would have to do the math real quick but i mean it's good it's 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 very good um i think the marksman keyword generally is a lot better with the sniper rifle um just because you can kind of convert everything into crits but i i do think that Aiden is a leading from the front type hero she does not really want to sit back and kind of watch things happen a lot of her command cards which i guess uh should we just get into them or do we want to keep on going over her unit card and stuff Uh, i mean did we talk about the comparison in in real terms between the damage that gets put out by the repeater because it's worthy to note that the repeater does not have pierce yeah for sure and it has impact Um, so i'm wondering like because like this repeater averages about three and an eighth in terms of hit results well, it's it's a little hard to figure that, like, I mean, you have to sim it, basically. Yeah, because you can't just do simple math like I'm doing. Right, but it has way stronger dice. Like, if if your target's at range 3, um, mm-hmm. regardless of what type of save it has, you're going to be doing more damage with the repeater. Right. The thing that, you know, possibly makes the sniper rifle a better choice is is probably that one situation, like, with, with a clone standby. Castle, we're actually getting to range three consistently and safely might be legitimately difficult. Yeah. Um, and then maybe you just want to be able to sit at, you know, sit back a little bit and kind of plink with that sniper rifle in that situation. Right. And even better, like against clones, because you're piercing their pierce. crazy save, yeah. right? You can also peel the standbys that you normally would not be able to peel. Right. right. Yeah. Because you have the extra that, flexibility. That is a big deal. Um, I do think that you're likely right that that's probably the the one time that you do want to choose the sniper. Um, but I, I do think that overall her command cards um, really want you to play her as an up in your face. I, I'm you know kind of dealing with you myself kind of command. Yeah, they're very aggressive. Yeah, so let's let's get into her command cards. Um... And then we can circle back on uh, like loadout choices because I think, as you noted, the command cards directly relate to which weapon you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's start with the best one and work down. <laughs> What's the best? <laughs> so we're one? going in descending order of pips here. Then <laughs> is that the best one? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. So I I want to start by last week we talked about Cassian and a lot of Cassian's command cards were good, but they weren't specifically like good for him. They were like good for stuff he plays along with. Like they were fine with him, but I think a lot of Iden's cards are, they're just good for her. Um, she, she with the played, exception of, go ahead. 
with the exception of the three pip, but yeah, with she, the exception of the first one, which is the best one. Yeah, but she she plays more like an operative, like a true operative, than Cassian does, in that her command yeah. cards are mostly selfish. Yeah, she hands out a lot less orders, except for her her three pip, which makes up for that. So let's talk about it. Uh, three pip tactical strike. Um, it issues orders to Iden Versio and three uh, trooper units. Um, and it says when Iden Versio or a friendly special forces unit that has a face-up order token activates, it may reduce its maximum speed to one. If it does, it gains steady and tactical one. Um, so this card is awesome. Yeah. For those of you that may not be familiar, tactical one gives you an aim token each time you move, and steady allows you to shoot at the end of a movement. Um, so you're kind of turning it into tauntauns where you get a bunch of free actions, uh, which is awesome. So, um, you know, uh, I think everybody's mind probably immediately goes to death troopers, you know, move, <laughs> yeah, 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 move, aim, move, aim, shoot. Oh, turns out that's like really powerful. Oh, oh my um, friend. Oh, death troopers. It, the, the magic just, it just keeps going, man. Yeah. I mean, because of so, steady, they get to recover and flip their config and then move, shoot with an aim. That yeah, I mean they definitely could do that. <laughs> like that's um, nuts. I I definitely think that um you actually lose a little bit of value with death troopers and tax strike if they don't reach range two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so I, I a couple things. Let's just kind of inform our idea of this command card, assuming that it only gave an order to Iden Versio. If this card said Iden Versio gains tactical one and steady, I still think it'd be pretty good. Yep. Um, she's got marksman, so this effectively increases her her die pool, her her hit total hits by plus two at the end of a given turn if she is using the repeater. Um, it probably makes it so that she just auto crits, maybe crits twice with the sniper, um, and has steady. Uh, also really good. Uh, in addition to that, you then get three trooper units, um, of which any of them that are special forces also get to do it. Uh, it's likely that you're going to have two snipers, which means you can peekaboo with snipers and have aims while you do it, um, which is excellent. Uh, I think that there's... This may be blasphemy to a lot of players, but I think that there is room for full scout team play with this card. I was going to say, like, it brings full scouts up a little bit. But they're still bad, the other five. They're turns. still bad. <laughs> so here's the thing. I I think that, you know, are are they, though? Because they're there. If you, if you punch in and destroy the thing on the turn that you are in with, you're at range two of the enemy, like... All of a sudden, you're kind of in lethal zone. If you're able to keep them alive, I think that they're, and that's kind of the the kicker. Um, you can do a lot of work with them. This I, this is the entry that I think they needed if they're gonna be good at all. Um, I think they're a one of if you're doing that, but they're notably the cheapest um, special forces option that does a lot of damage that is presently available. Um, this card is also very good with IRG in like the setup turn before the charge. Yep. 
definitely. So uh, I sort of think about this card like Coordinated Fire. Um, you get a bunch of free aim tokens, and you get to wreck your opponent, and they don't get to really do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, it kind of takes, like, the... At least with Aiden specifically, it takes the drawback of, like, an Alpha Strike Infiltrate, which is exposing yourself, and just kind of removes it, because you can do a Peekaboo Alpha Strike Infiltrate. Uh, yeah. And of course, you don't have to use it as a peekaboo, but um, and you know that we throw that term around a lot. But for those uh, unfamiliar with how snow troopers do it, you know that's move, shoot, and then move back behind cover. I'm uh, sorry, you weren't using the most relevant peekaboo in it, which is tauntauns. Uh, well, yeah, okay, obviously. <laughs> hey man, how about Vader? The the term originated with snowtroopers and yeah, also with Vader. Saber throw Vader's like the I call him like the granddaddy snowtrooper. Because like that's all he does. He's just like he's a giant snow. He just like moves, throws a saber, and hides again. Yeah, he's not very good against cover though. No, um, really not. Unlike yeah, so, scouts, full scouts have sharpshooter. They do. So that, that is I think that does help them quite a bit. Yeah, even if I mean, they have to pull it down, but I mean, t- ten black dice with sharpshooter one, pierce and two aim tokens. You're gonna kill something. Yeah, <laughs> you are. I'm. Yeah. The prospect of keeping them safe after you do that is, I think, easier said than done. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit daunting. I mean, I think that there's a world where you take a list like Iden, a scout strike, a full scout unit, and then IRG. And then you tax strike them and the IRG kind of protect them until the scouts are are ready to do their thing. Um, is it good? I don't know. I, I think it's it definitely has the opportunity to be good though. I really think that Death Troopers are just stellar with this card. Yeah. I think I think you're still you're doing like you know, either you're running her with Chronic and you're doing triple sniper death trooper or you're running her with by herself or with something else and you're doing double sniper death trooper i mean imagine like imagine us in a world where you have an injured hero and you have a hunter dt with this card in your hand oh my lord so you have double move hunter for a triple aimed pistol shot from your dts like that's gonna kill some people that's gonna hurt yeah i mean it's 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 very good this card is excellent yeah uh, no question. We we're going to start at the top and work down. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about the next one? Uh, yes. Yeah. Concussive Blast. Oh, no, 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 no. No? no. What are you going to talk okay, about? You stop it. You stop it. We're, we're starting at the top and working down. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. This so, thing. <laughs> this one requires Dio to be attached to Iden. Um, which I think is very close to always. The emperor looks much smaller in this photo. Um, so maybe maybe let's talk. Take a take a step back. <laughs> That's fair. Take a step back and talk about Dio generally. Um, Fifteen points uh, is attached to the Iden Versio unit. Effectively gives Iden an extra health and gives her shielded. Um, so it effectively gives her like. Two health because there's a card that allows you to recover in there. Um, it also gives you access to this command card. You're you're essentially paying 15 points for a couple extra health and this command card. 
Um, okay, so Aiden really is, in some sense, of uh, Imperial Sabine because of the shielding thing. It's kind of similar. Yeah, if you want her to be, for sure. Yeah, um, I think you do want her to be. <laughs> <laughs> so inca incapacitate just gives orders to Aiden Versio. And it says, during Iden Versio's activation, you may choose an enemy trooper unit at range 1 and in line of sight of Iden's uh, I DOC guard droid. The, that unit gains three suppression tokens. Then if it's a core unit that has not activated, assign it a face down order token from its order pool and flip its order token face down. <laughs> so... It's good. It's real good. Yeah. yeah so I, we, we talked last week with... K2's command card about how it's like a very game-breaking effect. I feel the same way about this one. I feel like both of their effects are dramatically unique in that they do things that are insanely powerful that we haven't seen before. Um, but also the other one, situational. They're super situated. I think this one's a lot less situational. For sure. This, I mean, it's situational in that uh, like serve, the range is short, it's range of one. Yeah. Um, although it's it's a little bit farther than it seems like because it's at range one of Dio. So you can cohere him forward and then use this. Um, yes. It's like range one plus four inches. Right. Um, but still, that's reasonably short. Yeah, you have to start the turn within range two of the enemy because you can't, you can't, he's 10 inches, right? With this from the range one plus the cohesion of the secret droid. So Aiden has to be within range two to get to range one with Dio. Uh, I think you've got a little bit more than that. If you've got a I think you have a little move. bit less than that, actually. No, so speed one move, or speed two move is roughly six inches. Plus the six inches. Oh, oh so it's during plus the activation. One. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah you can do it at any point. Wow, yeah. that's mean. It's yeah, it's really good. Um, you know, you can move, shoot one unit, and just essentially tell the other unit it doesn't get to go this turn. Um, yeah, it's. I, I don't know what to say about it other than that when you it. I think it's gonna feel really dirty. Yeah, well, jokes like, jokes you know on you. I brought three naked troopers. On that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, if you do this to a full unit of Shores or a clone trooper squad or, you know, a B2 squad, like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah, you can totally just incapacitate something something very valuable. I think this is the first card that legit says, you skip your turn with that unit. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, do not pass full, go. Do not collect $200. Yeah, just full-blown. Take that order token, flip the face down. Yep. It, it's very good on turns where, you know, Aiden is contesting an objective and your opponent's like really trying to pick up that box with this one trooper unit that's over here and you just get to say no. Um, seems seems good on hostage on turn two. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Your hostage unit doesn't get to move or do anything. Now, it's it's worth noting that you can sort of play around it in that you can play a higher pip command card or a lower pip command card and then try and yeah like pull pull the core unit that they're clearly going to um uh, do that to out of the bag yeah that's true but the, you you've lost a lot i think in doing that already you know 
suboptimally playing a one pip and then go in with not Luke is a thing. Yeah, not ideal. You know, yeah. So very good. It, it's also worth noting that the that the that unit gains three suppression tokens. Clause is also pretty good, just generally. You know, hitting Luke with incapacitate is not terrible. Yeah, or like a tauntaun or something. Yeah, and then yeah. if you actually if you actually make an attack at range one and you throw in Dio's weapon in there, that's suppressive. So you're throwing five suppressive suppression tokens on one target on this turn, in theory. Yeah. Um, which which does a lot of work. Yeah. Yep. Um. All right, should we do... Oh, yeah, I'm not sure there's much more to say about that one. No. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's gross. Yeah, I mean, I, frankly, I think these last two... Um, uh, there's not a ton to say about them. So concussive blast, uh, when she act- it just gives an order to Iden. Um, it's a two pip. Uh, when she activates, she recovers and she gains a five red die blast scatter suppressive range two weapon um, for the turn. Uh, it's very Boba Fett esque. Um, it's good. It's like a weaker. I don't think it's anything thrower. remarkable. What's up? It's like a weaker flamethrower in a sense. Weaker against some targets, stronger against like heroes. It's strong though. Like it's five five red with hit, which is not the worst ever. Well, yeah. it's range two, you know, flamethrower. Yeah, which is the worst range, range two. I actually think the best part about this card is the she recovers text. Um, yep. There's, yeah. So A, you're clearing all your suppression. B, you are potentially refreshing offensive push, uplink, shield. Um, is that the list? I think that's the list. Okay. Yeah, there's lots that's of, a lot of values generally. Yeah. That's you know, a lot of things. Um, if you've got an uplink on Dio, this and you and you play this card, like you you get to just have an order on Iden for five out of six turns um because you have four cards that say iden on them and then you get to sorry six out of six turns and then you have an uplink um so uh, i mean that's pretty valuable in and of itself um yeah i mean the weapon's decent it's an upgrade over her repeater i'm not actually sure how much of an upgrade over her repeater it is um, I actually think this card might be better if you have the sniper rifle equipped because it gives you some utility. Like if you've got the repeater and a couple aim tokens, it, it, that's not that much better than than this pool. Yeah, although the blast scatter suppressive keywords are pretty significant. That's true. The blast allows you, I guess, gives you plus two, but you still got to be pretty close. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. Like you're definitely if you're within range two, you're definitely going to use this pool instead of the repeater pool. But yeah, I, I sort of feel like that's just an augment to it. Yeah, the recover, the free recover is the best part of this. I agree. Yeah. Um, so her one pip is very similar to Cassian's, though it's worse. Um, <laughs> it's, don't don't shake your head like that. <laughs> it's worse. It doesn't have gunslinger. It's it. offensive. Um, it's offensively worse. It's defensively better. Sure, sure. So it's called Pulse Scan. It gives her an order. Uh, she gains Sharpshooter 2 and 1 aim token. And at the end of her activation, she gains a dodge and a standby. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it's a nice little, uh, you know, 
Uh, this is a lot better with the repeater because of the sharpshooter too uh, yeah. than the sniper rifle. Playing a one pip to guarantee two hits at something is fine, but it's better when you're throwing five dice. Um, but yeah, uh, actually, the the dodge token part of this is pretty significant. You mentioned this already earlier, but she has nimble, so that sticks around. You know the entire yeah. Turn. I- I think that's likely actually the best part about this card. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know, um, it it makes her exceptionally difficult to kill. Um, you know, heavy cover plus a dodge token backed up by red saves is is no joke. Possibly too, because it's not like she can't use quick thinking on this turn. Also, also true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about uh, equipment for her real quick? Uh. Yeah. Sure. Um. So. I think that overall, um, you're probably looking at, you know, uh, Hunter versus... There's four training upgrades that you want to be looking at. Hunter, Offensive Push, Overwatch, and Tenacity. Um, I think of those ones, you're probably taking hunter and offensive push most of the time because you want marksman um i'm not entirely convinced where the other two kind of slot in as to what their alternatives are as far as loadout goes it's worth mentioning that tenacity increases her melee pool uh to three red and three white when she has do yeah which is pretty good Yes, it is nothing to scoff at. She surges to hit, so it's 21, it's 30 of 8 before aim tokens. Um, so, it's, it's pretty good. Float uh, like a seeker droid, bite like a dewback, I guess, because that's the same pool as a dewback. The three red and three white. Yep. Oh, okay, fair enough. It is. I, I was trying to, I, I couldn't get past the the uh the metaphor there um (laughs) (laughs) so i think uh kyle correct me if i'm wrong but not including like dodge tokens and stuff if you've got tenacity activated her melee pool against pierce immune targets is basically the same as a non-tenacity kenobi as a non yes yeah yeah um so just it's a little bit it's a little bit less reliable if you don't have aim tokens because of the three whites. But yeah, yeah. Um, chances are, if you're in melee, though, you get to quick thinking and melee them in the face. What you're saying is she hits reasonably hard in melee. Yeah, I was just using that as a as a as a comparison point. Definitely, so. yeah. Even if it's a saber that pierce, it's still a very similar dice pool. Yeah, it's a super similar dice pool. Um, it's worth noting that. Uh, Pulse scan is actually pretty decent in melee if she's got all that going. So um, tenacity is definitely a choice. I think it's pretty niche, but you can do some interesting things with it. Um, She does have some other slots. Uh, So she clearly has a, what is that? A uh, gun slot. There's a name for it. Armament, I think. is Armament. We've already talked about that a lot. I recommend the repeater. I think it's the way to go most of the time. Agree. Um, gear slot, uh, I think, is pretty much exclusively recon intel. Yeah, agree. 
Um, I guess I could see a case for stims, but it's so expensive nowadays. Does, does she gain tactical or aim tokens often enough? Well, no, you don't need scopes. You have marksmen. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you don't need scopes. Um, yeah, marksman is kind of weird. I think, though, to some extent, too. Like if, like converting a blank to a hit is fine but if like you can reroll three dice that's also not terrible like i don't know well it's the whole like is one guaranteed facing upgrade i guess i'll call it that uh i guess the upside is lower but the risk is lower it's safer right you know what you're getting when you spend this token yeah, I mean, I think that maybe let's not talk about this now, but a good thing to talk about at some point is when to use marksman and when not to. Yeah, there's definitely times to use aim tokens um, for their actual generic effect as we, opposed to. We should do a segment on marksman math at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to her last slot. Um, which is a little bit hidden. It's on Dio's command card, which ends up not her command card, unit card, which ends up being a part of her unit is a comp slot, which I think is pretty much HQ uplink just about all the time. Um, I'm not really sure what else you would put in there. I mean, maybe comms jammer. Maybe. She can yeah. extend the range of it a little bit with Dio, you know? Yeah, I can see niche cases know. for that. Like if you're up against droids or something like that. Um, I guess if your opponent has like tons that don't have uplinks, maybe that's not terrible. Yeah, because then you can use it defensively. Yeah, I you know I'm, don't get me wrong. I think comms jammers against droids is like fine, but I think it's a little bit like if you're close enough to be comms jamming droids they should probably be dead. Maybe. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. I agree that uplink is the... If you're going to take something, uplink is a clear choice here. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing in my head a Krennic uplink Iden play. Because uplink gives you access to cunning, essentially, at, at the one pip speed. And that yeah. can be very yeah, strong on a character like Iden. I mean, she's the first. She's the first character besides R two that has an uplink slot. Yeah, she's a super. She's super hybrid. You know, she's good in most. She's like pretty good at most jobs. You know, she's super like all around. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. She's a little. She's considerably more expensive than Cassian, but I think for a good reason. Oh yep. yeah. She's much more of a. Uh, how do you say it? She's a lot more muscular than he is. Yeah, and she's an Imperial hero that actually, like, I don't know, does things. Sorry, she's an Imperial command. She's an Imperial commander. She's an Imperial commander that does things. Um, and obviously, you're excluding Palpatine and Vader from this conversation because of their cost. They're not, they're not really commanders, though. Like, they are, but they're also not. They're not you know? for. Or, well, I mean, I guess they're part of the military. I mean, in the no, same. That's sense. not even what I mean. I mean, like, kind of like from the 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 sense of the game, um, like if you have Vader or Palpatine in your list, generally they're doing very specific things. Mm. I feel like Iden generally 
is not. She is doing what is necessary a lot of the time, as opposed to like, I'm getting ready for the palp bomb or I'm Vader and I am going to hold out and just crush them. As soon as I see them, Iden is, I'm going to be what the army needs me to be this game, which is kind of what Veers and Krennic would like to be a lot of the time. I think I see your point, right? Like you have very specific tactics that are you going to use when you play a Palpatine or Vader. Yeah, like I I feel like Commander Luke is much more of a commander than like Palpatine or Vader is. Like Luke gets to kind of be very versatile. He can do a lot of different things and you get to kind of choose with with vader and palpatine they're very niche they're very narrow you're like doing this one thing generally vader both of them mostly because of their speed you know you don't get to there's not a lot of wiggle room there um i think Iden allows you to have a commander in the imperial faction that is both flexible and does the commandery things um which is really nice She's she's sort of what we've referred to in the past as like a scalpel, um, but she's the first imperial commander that is a scalpel. Yes, she's much closer to Bosk in how she plays, I think, than or Boba Fett or Boba Fett. Yeah. Than than like Veers or Krennic when when you're factoring in, oh, she can actually kill things, um, you know. But she, while she's doing that, she also gets to do the the Veer's Krennic thing where she's like, here's my courage bubble. Everybody come with me, you know? Um, yep. She does not need to hide behind a wall, although a lot of the times that's still the right call. <laughs> right. Um, you know, just because line of sight blocking is so important. But, you know, once she gets into the thick of it, she can actually hold her own, whereas Krennic melts and Veer's just doesn't do much. Oh, speaking of her getting shot we should mention one thing one little nuance about the rules with healing her as far as dio is concerned mm. um you still got to use a medic to heal Aiden because uh, if dio's taken a wound he's not on the table so there's no droid trooper to target um i think that's that, that's one question that's been floating around a lot uh, so i actually think that he technically speaking unless i'm misunderstanding the rules which i may be um loses the droid trooper keyword after list building. Oh, because he's attached to Iden's unit card. Correct. I think that you can only like rules as written right now. I think you can only ever medbot that unit, even when Dio is on the table. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, he doesn't confer the droid trooper keyword on Iden. Right. Uh, yeah. No, no. So, and he's only got one health. So if, if you're healing Dio, he's not on the table to target anyway. So but yeah, so, I, I agree for several reasons that um, if you want to heal Iden, you got to use a medic. So riddle me this: let's say let's say you put a wound on Dio and Dio dies. Can you then medic it back if you if it died in the same turn? If it's the same turn, absolutely. I think. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but you got to use a medic to do that, not an astromech. Correct. Yep. Right. Okay. Okay, I think I think I get how that works because Iden's unit is a trooper, right? Dio yeah. is a droid trooper. So then, uh, I don't know. I'll have to read the treat entry because I I have questions now. It's it's similar to how you know this doesn't come up a ton of the time because R two has a lot more control over it. It requires not another unit to do it, but um, you know if C three PO dies, right. R two can 
bring him back only the same turn that he dies on. Right. Well, then this is the issue, right? Because now we have a, a counterpart unit with a dual classification. We haven't had well, a, we haven't had a trooper and then a droid trooper become part of the same unit before. Well, so um, I believe, and I'm I'm just going to quickly look up the counterpart rules. Okay. And this should not. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure you could also just assign a bunch of wounds to Aiden before wounding Dio. That's that's totally what you want to do. Yeah. yeah. So so there is a bullet in under counterpart that says the combined unit has the unit type shown on the unit card. Oh, well, look at that. Which is not. Then. There's a sub bullet there that says the counterpart card may have a different unit type or subtype. This is only used for the purpose of equipping upgrade cards. Oh, okay. So Dio is only a, a droid trooper when you're looking at relevant upgrade cards. I see. He he is a he's just a trooper. He is a trooper in a trooper unit. Right. But like, what's that? All the other times. What is that called? Integrated antenna, I think. Um. That is like the droid trooper only comms upgrade. Yeah, it says yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's for those reasons. Yeah. Okay, so that that makes it easy then. So yeah, you can you can heal Dio back with a medic if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um. It is a little weird. Uh, it's possible maybe those rules should change. I don't know. It seems sort of niche. I don't have a huge issue with it. Um, well, I think the issue there is being able to heal Aiden for who's already very tough for eight points. <laughs> the cost of an aspect. Not, not, no. Well, well, I mean, you, rules is written. You can't do that. Well, right, right. That's my point. I think that's a good thing. Right. If, yeah. if Dio yeah. could be repaired by an astromech, that would make for a very cheap health point for Aiden. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that to some extent, um, let's imagine a world where that was true. I think that logically it would also make sense that you can only repair Dio's health with with the astromech. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's while, just gets super weird. Like It gets super weird. It's super... It also starts to get super narrow if, if Dio's the only thing you can bring back. You can sort of set it up, but... I'm not actually sure that that would be good. Yeah, it's just, it's just much cleaner. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. easier to, to grasp. All right, you guys got any more Aiden thoughts? I don't know. Do you have any more like weird loophole things you want to talk about? <laughs> nope, just, just that one. You know me, I love weird loophole things. Oh, we didn't yeah. talk about small, did we? We did oh, not talk yeah, about Yeah, good we call. Should, I guess we should. Yeah, so you know that two model thing Rebels like to do? Sorry, Empire. You don't get to do it because I do a secret droid does not count for cover. I think that that's okay. Yeah, that would be extra ridiculous. Yeah, um, it would, well, you know, it'd be real good. Tons are pretty good, so there there are so um, there are some uses for it that are a little bit um, exploity, if you want to use that word. One of them is standby, still measured from a small unit, it, so you really? can swing it around. Yeah, even when you did. T- Okay, so it's just say when determining line of sight. Don't you need line uh, well, of sight so, for a standby? Hold up, hold up. Okay. Read the two words before when determining line so of when, sight. While defending. Oh my god. Okay, that is really <laughs> like exploity. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so this is what I'm talking about. Um, and maybe this is not intended? I don't know. But right now, you can swing Dio around a corner, and they cannot shoot Dio, uh, but Dio can trigger standby. I didn't standby. Oh, so. wow. Um, that's the only like 
uh, abusive use of it I can think of right now. Um, otherwise, it's just the straight, you know, uh, Dio is most of the time uh, just like an extra model that you put on the table to remind you that he's there. Uh, um, there's there's a couple things this does uh, other other than that. The first is that um, it extends Iden Iden's com- command bubble range um, by four inches. In, um, in a spe- one specific direction, yeah. In one specific direction, which is you know Useful. pretty negligible, but it it, it could come up, yeah. right? Um, it increases incapacitate range. Um, it extends the range in which you can uh, give her aim tokens with spotter. It extends the range with which you can have a medic droid actually hit her. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of like kind of uh situationally advantageous stuff like that where you know when you're targeting like self range from unit to unit some things can happen um it, it's you know nothing game shattering but it definitely you know allows you to you know if you're playing Iden veers you can keep veers a little bit farther back if you want and still spot her Iden even though she's kind of moving up on the the enemy yep Definitely something that takes a little bit of practice to get the most use out of, but yeah. some ways to benefit from it. Um, so, all right, small, small, yep. All right, I think I pretty much covered Iden. I think so too. Uh, that yeah. was like an hour about Iden um, and infiltrate, but uh, yeah, she's awesome. Uh, hopefully, her and Cassian are out. Uh, you know, originally. I think they said soon, um, Q1-ish. Obviously, we're well into almost being done with Q1. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But, uh, you know, obviously, there's there's a lot of things going on right now, and I'm sure that it's affecting uh, shipping delays along with everything else. So, Would you say that shipping is incapacitated? <laughs> That's... Oh, man. All right. The world is incapacitated. <laughs> In the world, yes. Um, Jeez, Dio. Why do you do these things? Uh, all right. Uh, anything else, gentlemen? Oh, yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention real briefly, um, there is a, an online invitational occurring on the... Uh, when is it? I don't remember the day. It's the, the weekend... Last- the, the former weekend of Adepticon, I think, but um, yeah. uh, but there is an online invitational occurring. Uh, there's some folks from the Discord who were going to go to Worlds who said, "Hey, we still want to have a tournament on that day." So uh, they've decided to host this event called the Knowledge and Defense Invitational. The top prize is an S and Obi Wan uh, being pointed up by none other than Davis Kingsley himself, uh, one of the former champions from last year's event. Um. And one of the world's participants uh, from the first, the first worlds. So um, it is in no way a substitute for the event, um, but it is still a, um, uh, I guess, kind of a tribute to the camaraderie that was felt surrounding the event, and people wanted to just have a tournament anyway. And I think the biggest, the biggest, and most interesting point about this event is that. Uh, they're sort of trialing an online only format. Um, what, what that 
what happens, no one knows because this has never been tried before. Uh, to have an online tournament where you have a sequence of games going, you know, straight on in a row. Normally, online events or leagues where you schedule one game and then a game is played, and then you wait till the everybody else plays their game, and then you move on into the next round. But um, this time, you're going to have games back to back, and so it'll be kind of like a normal day of Legion, except it's all online. So it's going to be a lot of time sitting in front of a computer, is what I know. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with this. Um, but, uh, yeah, so keep your eyes peeled. If you're not on the Legion Discord, just go ahead and join. Um, I don't have an invite link handy, but I'm pretty sure you could find one through the Fifth Trooper website. Um, and if you're interested in that, just, uh, yeah, come check it out. There'll be some there'll be some things about it in the, in the coming weeks. I don't know if we'll talk about it again on Scoundrels, but you can find out a bunch of information through the Legion Discord about that event that's coming up. So I want to get a little mention. Um, I don't know what my role is yet. I don't know if I'm going to be playing or streaming or what, but uh, it's happening. I just wanted to get that out there. Cool. All right. Well, um, everybody, uh, you know, stay safe. Get some painting done. Um, yeah. Play some Legion with less than 10 people. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> wash your hands. Wash, wash your hands, please. And don't cough on... Uh, things or lick doorknobs um <laughs> all right we are the notorious scoundrels uh, i'm kyle i'm mike i'm david and uh we will see you next week join us next week for another episode of the notorious scoundrels this has been a fifth trooper production <laughs>